0: Hello everyone and welcome to your Sacred Starlight Astrology Forecast for the month of October 2022. My name is Rebecca Muir and I am going to be giving you all the details today. So before we go into the forecast, I just, I always forget to tell people I launched a Patreon. And so if you are a patron watching this, thank you so much for your support. Um, patrons get early access to this forecast, as well as additional weekly moon casts, um, a monthly full moon ceremony and deep dive energy healing meditation, very mystical, very quantum, but also um, all in alignment with the astrological weather. It's my favorite. I love it so much. I've been doing it for years. Um, so that is a perk. Um, if you become a patron, We also have New Moon Coffee Hour, um, and I'm dreaming up just, I wanna make my Patreon very, very juicy. I want it to be so exciting and um, worth it for people. So I'm just adding as much as I can, continuously adding um, more things to that. But the thing with Patreon is that I have basically four price points. So you just pick the one you can afford, and it doesn't really matter which one you pick, you know, it's going to include all those things. So it starts at $8, which is the scholarship tier that you choose yourself. If you need the scholarship, just pick that one. And then you can also pay 22, I think 20 or 22, 33, 44. And there are a few select tiers available for people that want additional monthly one-on-ones. So yeah, that's my little Patreon spiel. Um, Of course, you can find me on sacredstarlight.com. You can book reading with me um, without being a patron. So if you wanna get into your own individual personalized birth chart, I'm always here for that. And the way that I read is, as you'll see in this forecast, is with an openness of um, not to collapse down into limitation, but to surf this weather and to connect with the divine by whatever your definition of that is, your own personal connection, to transmute things and to, for like just infinite openings. Yeah, so this is just the general planetary weather for everyone. And it is the weather not the outcome so we just want to always remember to stay really really open and remember that astrology is amazing and there's you know i just uh i want to stay in humility think of how much we don't know and think of how much we don't know that we don't know so what i'm about to go into with the specifics of october's astrological weather is just what i can see but it's not everything although it is <laughs> it does continue to impress me the more astrology i study and the more um yeah it's it continues to impress me i'm like oh wow that's what this is and look i've gone and forgotten to put my earbuds in so i'm gonna do that right now as well so the that- patreon you can find me oh find me on instagram at sacred underscore starlight. And oh, I do have an up. I knew there was like nine things I needed to mention. I have an upcoming event that's not behind a Patreon wall. Um, Most of my events will be on Patreon exclusively um, online, but I do have one coming up. It's a full moon in Aries healing meditation for with Mother Mary um focused on your heart's desire and that is in person here in los angeles at liberate yourself on sunday october 9th at 1 30 p.m and i used to do healing with mother mary meditations for a couple years at liberate and then i moved away and the pandemic happened so this is the first one back and i'm so i'm so excited so while most of the stuff that I do and there will be a Patreon full moon um event in addition to that. So if you're a Patreon, you're gonna get two if you live in Los Angeles. Um but basically yeah, so if you're local to LA, um unfortunately there's no live stream tickets available for that, but that's what is gonna be happening this month. And when we do these events, um we set a sacred space and it's really amazing to be together in a beautiful space in person so if you're around i hope you can make it for that otherwise you can find there's a few of those that were recorded from live from past ones that are for free on on youtube so feel free to check that out it's all linked on my website and everything um so that's that's the word bird without further ado let's get into october and i'm going to start with an opening prayer Dear, force of infinite love, winds
1: of change, force of magic and higher will, force of infinite strength and wisdom and mercy and compassion and higher vision, higher love. Be with us now.
0: Embrace us all and help us to know that we are held and loved in all astrological weather that it is only one thing and not everything that love is the power that moves and changes everything keep our hearts and our minds open as we move into this beautiful month um, where the sacred darkness is is really uh enveloping us and enchanting us help us to remember all
1: possibility and just bless us as we move
0: forward cloak us in grace with nothing but love everywhere around us and nothing but love everywhere within us so be it and so it is Hmm. so this monthly forecast is pretty much just the this is my mind looking at all of the transits um but i I do get into it a bit when I do the prayer. So it does feel like there's a lot of really big changes happening this month. And so, just to overview October, before we even open up the charts and start looking at that, let me look at the kind of bullet points here for my notes. Okay, we're starting the month in Libra season. So we're just ground into Libra season in a minute, but just very, very generally Libra is an air sign. It is this cardinal sign, which is the cardinal signs initiate new seasons. So it's the beginning of autumn and air signs have to do, they're very light and they're very, um, they're very free and expansive and it, it is very mental and intellectual energy. So it's very much about sharing ideas and communications. And then Libra in and of itself is a sign of harmony and balance and relationship and partnership. So it's more about the we than just the me. This is just the archetype of Libra very generally. And so we'll we'll ground into some of the keywords there. But this is where we're starting. So happy fall to everybody. Um, And you can be really looking at the Libra sector of your chart to see where there'll be a lot of energy beginning to pop this month with the sun moving through Libra. And then also we're gonna have Venus and Mercury there. So the other big things that are happening, just for a bullet points again, cause we're gonna go into the really, the we're gonna do zoom-ins shortly, is that a lot of planets are retrograde. So we talked about this in September when I was looking ahead this year at October and the fall. I'm like, it's just a lot of backwards moving energy. But there's a lot of big changes. It's almost like things that have been on the radar for a while. Um, There's some completions, there's some wrapping up, there's some purging, there's some releases and um, big, big new changes in 2023. So we start out the month with Mercury still retrograde, even though Mercury goes direct on October 2nd. So Mercury is the planet of communication money commerce merc commerc merchants mercury um thank you to nina griffin for (laughs) who's one of my teachers for giving me that little connect there um but mercury uh rules also information and data exchange so um retrograde has been retrograde pretty much most of september going direct on october 2nd however all these other planets are retrograde and uh, except Venus, basically, and the Sun and the Moon, who don't go retrograde. Mars is not retrograde, but will be going retrograde at the end of September or end of October, October 30th. And Mars retrogrades are the rarest retrogrades. Mars goes retrograde least, um, l- the least often of any of the planets that we're working with. So we'll get into that again. But again, this really having us look at some stuff make some decisions. um, And and it's a process that which is going through the whole fall, but beginning in October. So we've got the Mars going to go retrograde. Um, Saturn and Uranus, which have been in square for a couple of years now. um, And there's a blog that goes into in depth on this on my website, sacredstarlight.com under blog the Saturn, Uranus square is essentially just these two energies, one that wants order and structure and one that does not want that, that wants to break free of that. Um, and there's light and shadow in both, right? So that those squares have mathematically perfected. There, was, there were a series of them over the last few years, and we can see a lot of that in the collective. And it's not just partisan with political parties. Um, You can see Saturn, which wants authority, structure, and order on both the right and the left. You can see Uranus, which wants um, to break free from oppressive structures and old paradigms. You can see that in both the right and the left. Um, And so the thing is, these two planets are in a very tight square again this month even though it doesn't mathematically perfect, they're they're just close, they're they're chafing. And so this is something that we're just kind of feeling that's brewing kind of, um, I don't wanna say it's in the background, but it's just an energy that's present in the collective with us this month. And if you're somebody that has, A lot of planets or any planets and placements um, in the later degrees, mid to late degrees of the fixed signs, that's Aquarius, Scorpio, Leo, and Taurus, you may be feeling that more so. So just being aware that there's a little bit of clashing between structure, authority, tradition, systems, and um, breaking free from those in trying to launch us into the future, into a new paradigm. Uh, so that's happening um we've also got jupiter re-entering the sign of pisces there's i tell me this month is big there's just so much going on we haven't even started the the zoom in yet so jupiter is the planet of blessings and grace and benevolence and expansion it's the biggest uh, planet in our solar system and it It brings, it expands and amplifies everything that it touches, but it it is a benefic planet. So um, while it can amplify whatever it touches, right, Um, it generally brings some like, I like to think of it as, you know, grace, or if something's really stuck, it, it brings lubrication to kind of help you move through things. So this planet's been in Aries since May 10th. Before that, it was in the sign of Pisces. Every planet has different signs where it is in, uh, where it is better resourced to do what it wants to do to be itself. So Jupiter wants to bless and grace and everything that it touches and be jolly. It wants to grow things. It wants things to expand in a good way. Like it brings, it wants good stuff to happen. So um, wherever Jupiter goes, it's been blessing. So where it's been blessing and expanding the Aries sector of your chart. And it will continue to do that later. But earlier this year in 2022, uh, basically, I think, I wish I had all the dates written down. I get so lost so easily. But um, through through the end of 2021, I think, like the last couple of days of December, I want to say it was the 28th or 29th of December, Jupiter finally moved into Pisces and Pisces is its place of power. It has two places of maximum power and enchantment or kind of three, I guess. Um, so Sagittarius Pisces and cancer are places where Jupiter just does really well. It wants to do good things and it's a lot better able to do the good things it wants to do. So, um, through the end of december through may 10th we had jupiter and pisces and pisces is a sign of softness and otherworldly love compassion oneness art uh dreaminess god the divine spirit um, and everything that's kind of beyond the like physical quantifiable um, realm so jupiter was blessing that sector of your chart through the beginning of 2022 until May 10th, And so now at the end of October, it's going to go back there to just kind of, it's got, it's not finished doing whatever it's going to do for us there. There's a, a few more, there's a little bit more work for it to do, a little bit more blessings, a little bit more expansion. Um, it's got to finish up doing some of it, bringing some grace into the Pisces sector of your chart. And so what is nice about this is that, um, like I've been really enjoying Jupiter and Aries cause I'm an Aries and I really, my life has just blossomed since, uh, Jupiter went into Aries on May 10th. I can't even tell you. Um, but Jupiter and Pisces does have extra power. So depending on how your own personal chart is set up, up, you will be just enjoying this. It'll be good. Um, It'll be good for all of us regardless. But just if you have water placements like planets in Scorpio or um, Pisces or, oh my gosh, my brain, my brain cancer, (laughs) uh, you'll be, you'll get a nice kind of boost there um, of some extra grace, I think. Um, Okay. So Jupiter moves back into Pisces. The other thing that happens this month are we be, we begin eclipse season. So eclipses um, move a lot of energy. I tend to think of them as like chiropractics My very first astrology teacher, Rebecca Gordon, talked about them as being karmic expediters. And there's an old episode of my old podcast, but I still under the sacred starlight spiritual podcast now with Rebecca Gordon, where you can learn all about eclipses and hear me as a super baby astrologer, not knowing anything. It's from like 2015, but eclipses, um, eclipses are a realignment of energy. So and they, they always come in pairs. So it is also a process, but we get them twice a year. So it's like, um, how far off the path have we wandered? How far out of alignment are we? <laughs> how much, if it's like a magnet, it's like and it brings everything back into alignment. Like how far off the path are you? How, where, like that's gonna, and it's gonna bring you back. And so depending on how far out of tune you are, um, the process of being brought back into alignment may be more or less pleasant. Right. But they are steering us toward, um, they're bringing us back into divine alignment, but often there's, there are major changes that happen during eclipse season. So I think with that, I'm like, those are kind of all of the major overview things of October, but that's why, um, We have a grand trine in air most of the month and a grand trine in earth most of the month, which just means that there are planets in all three air signs, which are kind of high-fiving each other. So um, a lot of ideas, a lot of thoughts, a lot of movement. Like just because things are retrograde doesn't mean stuff is not happening. Um, I feel like there's a tremendous amount of activity. And actually, I love... I was listening to the October forecast from the astrology podcast as well. And Austin Coppock, who's an amazing astrologer, talked about, you know, um, air is like a centrifugal force. And when you have this grand trine, the three different air signs, all high-fiving, it's like moving a lot of stuff around, but it's not like he was talking about like a pile of leaves. Like it doesn't blow the leaves into like a perfect pile. (laughs) There's stuff scattered a little bit, right? And so we're still having our process of just, I think, really making some pivotal changes and movements before we launch into a new era here or the the next era because astrology is always moving us and changing us. And this will be in 2023. And again, March 2023 is when some really big stuff starts to pop. This grand trine in earth which is between Pluto and Capricorn, Uranus in Taurus, and Mercury in its domicile and exaltation in Virgo. We, even though Mercury, you know, has been retrograde, is going to begin to go direct, and so they'll be. They'll be Earth is is Earth. It's like the physical world. The material world and being grounded and embodied so there is still progress happening very very much progress with these three planets um coming together uranus inspires us to innovate um, and just take action like pluto it comes from a deep place of empowerment and mercury is um about communications and and making stuff and doing stuff and going places and so those three uh, energies are working really well together throughout a chunk of the month as well okay let's begin And I won't be doing the moon anymore in these monthly forecasts. It is too much. And so if you're a patron, um, you get a weekly moon cast to go to zoom in on that level. (laughs) But I think we are already, yeah, we're already at 20 minutes in. And so we're just gonna to get started here with the zoom in. So the very first week of October, we start on a Saturday um, and Saturday, October 1st, we have Venus in, um,
1: Venus in a second here. I got a screen share. I just realized, let's go ahead and do that. Hmm.
0: Okay, so Venus, um, planet of love and beauty and art and harmony and connection is also we're beginning the month um, with Venus and the sun in Libra and Venus is in her place of domicile in the sign of libra so this is one of her places of power it's considered one of her home signs if you will Uh, so actually that's i knew i was forgetting something we do need to look at libra season (laughs) so we did this in the last forecast but let's just ground ourselves in here this is a really important um part of just getting a grip on on um how to work with this energy. I listen to a lot of forecasts I have for years. And as someone that's newly doing monthly forecasts, I'm actually struggling with how not to get completely overwhelmed and lost in all of the tiny details and while still giving all of the tiny details. So this is just my flow as I'm figuring this out. Let's ground into Libra season. The sun is in Libra and Venus is in Libra. Libra is ruled by Venus, which is really lovely. So um, the planet that rules Libra season is in a position and a place of power in Libra, able, very well resourced, able to um, bring about all of the things that Venus wants to bring about. Venus wants to make art. She wants to connect and she's in an air sign. So it's a lot more social and a lot more, um, verbal than when venus is in her other domicile of taurus which is more about like sensuality and embodiment so venus and libra is very much like art museums and music making and um dinner parties and like you know cocktail hours and and aesthetic and fashion and things like this and of course relationships relating so not just um dating but also friendships and just yeah all of those kind of things so let's take a look at libra i'm just gonna read these out because some of you guys are getting this via the podcast as well so the keywords for libra and there are quite a few of them so bear with me we're gonna start with the the ones um the positive manifestations of libra um and i always forget to mention the sun is actually in fall in Libra. This is not a place where the sun is particularly powerful, by the way. Now, the sun is powerful wherever it goes. It's the center of our solar system. However, the sun being primarily concerned with our individuality and self-expression and identity does not, you know, um, it's not able to like shine as maybe as quite as brightly when it's moving through a sign that's about partnership and the we, not just the me. So the sun is in fall, but we have Venus here um, in Libra in a position of total power. As uh, So the positive keywords for Libra, harmony, relationship, balance, relating, partnership, lover, diplomacy, fairness, justice, grace, gracefulness, charisma, Respectful reciprocity, togetherness, nice things, art, artists, art lover, patronage, beauty, aesthetic, style, and fashion, elegance, loveliness, fine taste, idealism, creativity, social grace, just being social in and of itself, fitting in and belonging manners politeness and being nice cordiality thoughtfulness tact consideration cooperation and peacekeeping peace seeking compromising tolerant and even keeled and actually as an addendum to this even keeled piece um, again referencing this Austin Coppock from the Astrology Podcast, I just loved what he said about Libra and it really stuck with me that this is a cardinal sign. It's not a fixed sign. It's a sign of initiation. And it is, the scales is the symbol that represents Libra. And you almost never come to a standstill. You're always kind of tweaking. Um, So even keeled is like your, I don't know, actually, I feel like I might need to reconsider that one. (laughs) So yeah, yeah. you're always initiating some sort of movement to just keep the peace to keep the balance and you're always maybe um, toggling back and forth in order to keep that because it's a continued flux it's a dance so the shadow side of libra um because every archetype has a way that you can you know live this energy uh healthfully and a way that it can be expressed unhealthy unhealthily or healthfully. So the shadow keywords for Libra are codependent or codependency, being indecisive, people-pleasing, approval-seeking, cares too much what others think, lacking self-trust, self-betrayal, needing to be liked at all costs, kowtowing, which is a new word for me, um, kowtowing. So that means to defer or give in to others easily swayed lacking boundaries insincerity fake nice right because they feel that it's safer to keep the peace um, or to to make sure that the other is happy and pleased so they'll say whatever they need to say to keep that peaceful thing even if it's not sincere dimming to fit in because they want to belong um gossip (laughs) this is another one too um, avoiding conflict at all costs, right? So the gossip is going to happen, not to the person's face. It's going to be behind the back, superficial, um, doormat perfectionism and vanity. So, um, and I feel like I know a lot about the archetype of Libra because I have a lot of planets in Libra, including the, the planet that rules my chart. So even though I'm in Aries, <laughs> I have a lot of these, um, a lot of these really resonate with me. So think about some of the Libras in your life or if you're a Libra and even if you're not, or you have no planets in Libra at all, you still have Libra somewhere in your chart and there are planets moving through through there right now. And so this energy is available. This is the energy that's around us. So um, what I always like to do kind of is think of some of these words that may, especially in the light category, what calls to me that I like, um, For me right now, I'm really drawn to the word beauty and aesthetic, actually. I've neglected my wardrobe, my shopping for years. I don't have a lot of clothes. I don't, you know, I've been like in hibernation. So now I'm like, it's really time for me to um, nurture that part of myself so I can kind of be in the energy I want to be. And a lot of that has to do with beauty um, and just enjoying and, and creating art, So, that's one of those Libra words for me that I'm going to work with consciously this Libra season. Um, For others of you, it may be more about getting out and being more social with other people. Um, You may be really focused on relationship or partnership on some level in your life. The shadow words we want to look at, if any of these stand out to you as things that you do, um, you know, maybe you don't have great boundaries with others, or you're afraid to upset to rock the boat or things like that. Just like bringing some, like loving, loving awareness to whatever is coming up for you around that and giving yourself a little bit of space to just be with it and see, is this, how does it feel for me to have this energy playing out in this way in my life? And do I want to keep doing that? Because you always have the choice, like it really is up to you. Um, And if you don't want to keep working this energy in this way, what would be a next step to make a change? Like the change doesn't all have to happen at once. A lot of the time, you know, for people that are people pleasers, you're afraid to say something that will ever upset somebody else. That's a safety issue you don't feel safe um, and so that could be like some really deep work with a therapist. I'm not trying to be trite or dismissive. oh yeah, just like change it all you know but you know these are all our processes. so yeah just bring um, bring bringing some some awareness to how we are living this Libra energy and this Libra archetype within ourselves and all around us and what our relationships are like. With other people, which is really, really big. What makes a good relationship? I do on my Instagram feed have the actually, I'll just pull them up. We won't spend too much time here, but I do have these questions, which are ponderings for Lib- Libra season. If you want to, if you're the kind of person that enjoys just marinating on something or doing some journaling, these are ways that you can kind of. I don't know, get in there and see what's coming up for you. So what are the most important relationships in my life? What makes a good relationship? How am I contributing in my relationships? How am I receiving in my relationships? Whose approval do I need and why? How do I handle conflict? How often do I betray myself to keep the peace? Do I stand up for myself when I feel wronged? Am I often able to find compromise with others? Where can I create more balance in my life? How can I bring more of my favorite art aesthetics and overall beauty into my life? And what does harmony feel like in my body? And also, I like to think of what does grace feel like in my body as well? So these are some good questions to begin labor season. So We've got the sun in Libra. We've got Venus, the ruler of Libra, the planet that most reflects Libra and values, moving through the sign of Libra, a place where she is maximally powerful. And soon we're going to have Mercury back in Libra as well. So there's these three planets that are going to be making the journey through the sign of Libra. And... Um, they'll all be making the same aspects to other planets as they go through. So it's like, you know, you'll see the sun opposing Jupiter, Venus opposing Jupiter, then Mercury is going to oppose Jupiter. So we almost get like these same types of, we get like three chances to kind of do it with different colors and flavors. So looking here at Saturday, October 1st, venus opposes jupiter at three degrees libra and aries and so these are both benefic planets and um venus is in her domicile so she's very strong here she just wants everybody to get along jupiter wants everybody to get along and he wants everybody to have blessings as well um but jupiter is in the sign of aries which is on the opposite sign of the it's on the it's it's the um other point, part of the axis. So that's hilarious. I'm like not saying that correctly at all. Um, So Jupiter in Aries, Aries is very much about the self and about personal identity and power. And Jupiter is expanding that. And so, and Venus is expanding and the sun are both expanding this partnership stuff that we have going on. And so They're both benefics. They get along. Um, They are in an opposition to each other. So there may be like both a growth and a sweetness in partnership and relationships or just whatever that Libra part of your chart is and an expansion in the Aries part of your chart. And you may need to find a way to reconcile the two on some level. So maybe you or somebody else is kind of this Jupiter and Aries being more opinionated, more self-expressive, a little bit more in your autonomy and your power. And then yet also there's this growth and expansion and watering in the relationship sector of your chart. And it's like, how am I going to balance these? It's, it's not, it's very quick. Um, however, like even though what Venus is opposing Jupiter just on this day, we're still kind of just in this energy throughout the whole of Libra season. And there'll be like certain days where you get it more so with Mercury also gonna be forming that, that opposition later in the month. Um, so yeah, there may be just be certain days and October 1st is one of them where this is heightened, but it, there's always a way to sort of work it out again because they're both benefic planets. So it's not a nasty energy. So Sunday, October 2nd, Mercury stations direct at 24 degrees of Virgo. And we've been, I should have said, even on the first, we're feeling this a few days before planet stations. It's like, it's really not moving. And so the Mercury retrograde kind of vibe can feel um, like it gets amped up almost because the planet isn't going backwards. It's like just not moving. So just be a little bit more mindful in communications through this period of time as hopefully that we all have been um, through Mercury retrograde. But Sunday, October 2nd, Mercury does station direct at 24 degrees Virgo. So Virgo is Mercury's domicile and sign of exaltation. So this is a place of power for Mercury. However, Mercury is opposite Neptune, the planet that brings misty you know, otherworldly, um, like Neptune is very cool. It's misty. It's otherworldly. It's the higher realms. It dissolves everything finite. Um, and that's why it represents God and oneness and art, but it's real tough to put your finger on. So it can bring confusion and the kind of confusion that you don't know, you don't know. So with Mercury stationing, even though it's going direct, it's not direct yet. It takes a little bit of time to pick up speed, even though it's in its sign of power. There's like a mist of potentially confusion cast around it um, or just disorientation. And I know even when Mercury um, went back into Virgo, I had like, I was for, I forgot an appointment I had. I forgot about a student I had. I've never done that in my life, you know? I was just like, you know, anyway. So, these, something that's totally out of character for me to, to do. Um, so, just be extra careful um, of your communications around this time, even though Mercury, woohoo, finally direct. And now some of these kind of mercurial things, the communications, um, Mercury and Virgo in particular likes to make things so it's not just about information exchange but um, creating and making things real in the physical world so taking ideas that you have and then doing them and making them into stuff. That stuff can all uh, move forward really nicely this month. Now that Mercury is direct in the Virgo sector of your chart, if it's been feeling backwards for the last few weeks is finally getting a green light, but just hold your horses a little bit (laughs) and um, breathe for like, I want to say like the next bunch of days, at least um, until Mercury gets past Neptune. Okay. And, And picks up some speed. Okay.
1: Um, this is what we
0: want. Okay. Oh, also, we've got uh, Mercury squaring Mars. So yeah. Mm. How did I not see that? So that's a (laughs) because I'm still under this Mercury opposing Neptune thing. So that's how I didn't see it. So Mercury being opposed by Neptune is also in a T square with Mars and Gemini who will be going retrograde later this month. So The way I've been experiencing Mars in Gemini so far is that I'm Mars, the planet that wants to take action and get things done and has an agenda in the sign of Gemini. That's very curious and has got a lot of different hobbies and interests and is very lively and wants to be, just be all over the place. Mars in Gemini has been me trying to do too many things, um, And so I don't know how that's going to play out for everyone in their chart, but it can just be a little bit more of a scattered energy kind of thing. Like there's just a lot of stuff going on and you're just like, you know, in those old cartoons, like the waiter with like 10 plates and like, you know, it's just, so just breathe, (laughs) breathe. And I like to pray and ask for help, but whatever it is that you like to do, um, Mars can often represent conflict as well. And being in a sign ruled by Mercury with Mercury stationing and opposed by Neptune, there could be some sort of verbal co- conflict as well, or misunderstandings. Um, so just, you know, be graceful with your words if possible, or, you know, hopefully this isn't somebody that's saying anything mean to you, um, But I always just say with these types of aspects, we've also, uh, (laughs) yeah, like the moon's in here involved. So it's just a day when there could be a lot of words flying around, um, stuff flying around, but that feels like you can't quite get a grip on any of it, but it will pass. And so just do whatever you need to do to ground yourself and to resource yourself and support yourself. Okay. So... October, now we've got, we're on Thursday, October 6th. Let's move forward. Um, Okay. Mercury is trining Pluto at 26 Virgo Capricorn. And it actually already did this earlier before it retrograded. So again, Mercury um, is now like a lift still within the window or within orb of Neptune and Mars, you know, but it is moving forward. And so it may, you may be feeling a little bit more productive. Pluto is um, an archetype of power. Um, and a trine is a supportive aspect, but Pluto is also very much about the depths. So it's not like superficial power, it's some kind of like really deep inner power. So it could be some sort of um, communications, uh, information exchange, or like making some sort of thing in, real in the world that comes from a deep place of inner power at this point in time. So that's sort of how I would. I've heard other people describe it as like uh, reveals. I don't know. I don't know that I would really necessarily see it like that. Um, I just see this as speaking or acting from a place of empowerment. Friday, October 2nd. Sorry, Friday, October 7th. We have the sun opposing Chiron. Chiron is an asteroid that was discovered in 1977. And it is the wounded healer. Um, and so a lot of astrologers work with Chiron, but you don't hear people mention it as much in the forecasts. It's currently right on my son and my ascendant. So I feel like I'll have a better idea of what it does later on. But um, it is the wounded healer archetype. And so there's an opportunity for healing whenever there's an aspect to Chiron, but usually there's a tender spot as well that pops up. And because this is um, in Aries, a sign of autonomy and identity and leadership and warriorship um, and the sun being in Libra, it could be, which is the sign of relationship, it could be something around relationships, um, like a little wound that gets sparked, but that has is able to have like it's broken open that day to have some light get in. So that is the sun opposing Chiron on Friday, October 7th. Saturday, October 8th, we've got Pluto stationing direct. So this is nice. We've got a planet moving direct. And actually, I believe because Pluto is going to move into the sign of Aquarius in March. So this is a pretty, this is like, it's, I don't think it's its last direct station in Capricorn or anything, but this is, it's going to new places that it hasn't been before, like in a really, really like hundreds of years um, before it goes retrograde again. So Pluto has been in the sign of Capricorn Since 2008, it takes like 250 something years to go all the way around the Zodiac. So it's been doing some deep death, rebirth, phoenixing, um, sacred empowerment through loss (laughs) kind of hero's journey work for us in the Capricorn sector of our chart since 2008. And just in in the the cardinal on the cardinal axis in general, so people with Libra placements, Aries placements, Cancer placements, like over, you know, since two thousand and eight, I I'm sure there's been some really really amazing big uh, changes at a certain point when Pluto opposed or squared those planets. Um, so Pluto stationing direct um, in Capricorn is whatever is happening in the Capricorn sector of your chart. Um Whatever inner power journey you may have been on in the, the, the past few months um, may be settled enough within you to like be outwardly expressed and, and move forward in the world. And again, I know this sounds extremely vague. It is because without seeing anyone's individual chart, it's very difficult to see how that would impact an individual. Um, but just in general, it's like the, and Pluto is retrograde almost half the year. Most of these outer planets are, so they have these like long, it's almost like a winter where they kind of go inward and they, you know, recalibrate and then they move outward. And so, you know, um, Pluto, Pluto is about death and rebirth, um, and finding your power within, through that process rather than through external things, people, places, or circumstances. And um, yeah, okay, we'll get more to that archetype when we get into Scorpio season. So with Pluto stationing as well, um, it can just kind of intensify feelings of power, especially in your um, Capricorn house, because a planet stationing is not moving. And so it's bearing down with a great deal of weight on a particular degree of the zodiac. In this case, it's 26 degrees and six minutes of Capricorn. So any planets at 26 degrees that you have will be feeling this station, and it will take a few days or even a week or two for it to, you know, begin to gain some momentum to be moving again. Our next aspect is on Sunday, October 9th, we have a full moon in Aries at 16 degrees and 32 minutes of Aries. And remember, if you're in L.A., you can find me um, for a meditation that I'll be doing with Mother Mary um, at Liberate Yourself. And patrons, I'm going to have some sort of amazing, probably this is an Aries full moon and Aries is ruled by fire. Um, We will be doing some sort of probably candle magic in this ritual and meditation as well. But Sunday, October 9th. this full moon in aries full moons are real peaks of energy they're culminations and so if we look here we've got the sun in libra venus in libra Um, this full moon is tightly opposing venus and so not just the sun but and also venus so the moon in aries (laughs) is not particularly comfortable in aries aries is the sign of the warrior the sign of um the sign of action and identity and self and it's ruled by mars who is like a, it's the phallus, it's that life force energy. And it, and it's, it's also, I see it as like an upright sword. It will cut away anything that's in the way of where it needs to get to. And this is all energy that we need, um, but it can be quite intense. So we're looking to find balance, but again, between the Aries and Libra parts of our chart. And we may be really feeling this in a sensitive way on this full moon. So full moon, the moon is our, the moon is our body, The moon is is our emotions as our emotions are tied to our body as not the cognitive, thinking, rational, linear part of ourselves. The moon is our lizard brain, our instincts, our intuition, all of our feelings. And so we really feel our feelings on full moons, um, whatever they happen to be. And also we sometimes... um, experience illuminations because the moon is fully lit up. She's receiving all of the sun's light and shining so bright. I mean, when I moved out to the country the last year when I was in Nova Scotia in the middle of the woods, basically not the woods, but you know, by the ocean um, sometimes the full moon would be, it would be so bright that I was like, people need to turn their porch lights off and I'd go out and everyone's lights would be off. And it was the moon and you know, I could see like the shadows of people hanging clothes off their clothes lines. Like there were lights on. It was unbelievable. So this illumination, there may be something that we're feeling and able to see more clearly in terms of what needs to be brought into balance between the Aries and Libra sector of our charts and archetypally. That's very much between like me. What do I want? What's my agenda? Who am I? What am I, what am I wanting to do? And um, what do I, need to do to make my partnership and my relationship or my relationships work. And sometimes this is um, around other Libra themes like art as well. So um, with Jupiter in the sign of this full moon, it does uh, amplify it even more. And I would say it amplifies blessings. We've got Jupiter here paired with the moon and Venus paired with the sun. So the full moon is usually just like the sun and the moon, right? Um, In opposition. So, you know, you're feeling like there's maybe your mind and your body and your emotions and you're trying to balance something and you're having all the feelings, right? Well, we've got the two benefic planets in here, the planets that have the energies that are the easiest to work with or the most pleasant to work with, I think. Venus wants to bring love. Jupiter wants to bring grace and blessings and expand. And so we're expanding our individuality here and really feeling that, Um, And also having a lot of support and grace and relationships and continuing to figure out how to balance these. I just want to look at, there's a sign-based, there's a sextile from Saturn um, to the moon and a trine to the sun. So that's support, right? Um, Saturn here at 18 degrees of Aquarius is like making a a pretty tight aspect actually within two degrees to this lunation. So, um, that's support. I look at that as like a grounding influence that makes whatever sort of wants to culminate or pop. And again, this is a culmination in the Aries sector of your chart. So something may be coming to fruition or, or coming up to be revealed here at this time. Um, whatever that is, it's stabilizing and there's a, a, it has the, the potential to go the distance, um, even though there's a lot of backwards moving energy and recalibrations this month. Um, We are, um, there are some, there's so many different schools of thought in terms of how to work with, like, should you only do magic on new moons? Should you only set intentions on new moons? Like, because the full moon, after she's full, she has nowhere to go but down. She's going to shrink, but she's always in cycle. I personally Personally, and I've had a lot of people I respect say that you shouldn't be doing stuff on full moons necessarily um, because of that, because her next aspect is to decrease. But I still see it as just such a potent wave to launch yourself off of. This is just me. And this is just my current understanding and theory of my astrology. So I would encourage you to have your own Don't take my word for it. But I do think you can do powerful workings on full moons. Um, And this is a fairly nice one. So, this moon is ruled by Mars, who is in Gemini, in a harmonious aspect to this moon. Um, We got this grand trine in air uh, between Mars and Saturn and the sun and Venus. And the moon is sextiling that. So, these are sextiles and trines are like very collaborative aspects. Um, They're cooperative aspects. And so we've got Saturn is a malefic. Mars is a malefic. Those are planets that are um, important energies. Like it's a malefic is technically like it's the the root of the word means bad, you know, mal. Um, But we need Saturn. It's just not a fun energy to work with. It's the authoritative responsible adult energy um it can have a shadow side and be overbearing and like restrictive um but it's not going to let you get away with any bullshit or jerry-rig something that's just going to fall apart like because you didn't build it right from the foundation so and then mars um mars is the life force energy like it's (laughs) to, to be crass like it's it's the phallus, you know, um, I'm not going to say the crass thing that I was thinking. Um, And it is the sword and it is that leadership energy that wants to charge forth and do this. And I've got my energy and everyone get like, everyone get the fuck out of my way, you know? Um, But this planet is in a nice aspect to the moon and a nice aspect to the sun, a nice aspect to Venus, a nice aspect to Saturn. So Mars um, ruling this lunation in Gemini, it's still maybe trying to do a lot of things because Gemini is an air sign. It's ruled by Mercury and it wants to do a lot of different things. It's the twins. There's a dichotomy. Gemini is not just one thing. It will never just be one thing. Um, but there's some constructive, there's some constructive, um, it's a constructive alignment. I think this is actually a very nice lunation. So with the Aries element, there may be a lot of passion and drive, but it may be like, um, because there's so much air, uh, there may be like a lot of intellectual energy and there may be a lot of um, cooperation with other people, like with air and Libra, it's about partnership. Air and Gemini is like the twins, and about all—it's about all these different people. It's very social, so there may be also like a an important collaboration that could happen at this time, um, or important projects and things like this, where you you might be a leader, taking on a leadership role, or figuring out what your role is within a certain project, um, but also working uh cooperating and working in collaboration with other people or on the different parts of the project which have may there's multiplicity there may it's not just like one simple thing there's different layers different aspects different things um whatever it is that you're got going on here so all in all i would say this is a really nice new moon the Gemini sector of your chart may be getting a little bit of juice here. Now, remember, Mars is slowing down. It's actually been moving slow for quite some time. I think it was officially marked slow even at the beginning of September. So whatever you're doing now in the Gemini sector of your chart is definitely going to be getting a powerful review process over the next several months. Um, But that doesn't mean that something juicy can't pop in this Aries-Libra sector of your chart. So, um, enjoy this full moon. It's fiery, but it's also, um, very cooperative and very benevolent. Hmm. Okay. And I think it has some grounding here because of Saturn. So there's constructive and remember Saturn is not fast. So like, you, you know, whatever it is that's going here, there could be quite a longer arc to the completion of it, even though It's a full moon, so it seems like a culmination. I feel like it's connected in with a larger process that could be taking more time. Also, (laughs) this is what I wrote in my notes that I didn't see. This moon is ruled by Mars and Gemini that's squared by Mercury and Virgo. So even though there's so many nice aspects with this moon and it's largely like extremely harmonious, there may still be some kind of balance we need to find around, um, our communications and dealing with all of the details and that's okay. Um, I think any sort of passionate, ideas that we have or that someone has around this time of this full moon. um, If there's any conflict that arises, the aspects are present to help us work through that very diplomatically. So it's not something that I'm particularly worried about. All right, let's look at
1: Monday, October 10th. So let me just scooch
0: forward like an hour so we can see. Here we go. Okay. So the first aspect we have is Venus opposing Chiron at 14 Libra Aries. So we had this earlier with the sun opposing Chiron. So this is just another layer. There may be some sort of, you know, um, wound around relationships that gets highlighted but is able to you're able to bring healing to that so maybe almost like a deepening of whatever came up on the day that the sun opposed chiron which was the seventh so um just a few days ago it's kind of like a part two of that venus bringing extra relationship um consciousness, extra relationship themes, and then extra benevolence around that as well, like diplomacy, I think, um, and grace. So an opportunity for healing there. And Mercury re-enters Libra at 4.54 PM, and that's Pacific time. And I haven't even been doing all these like times here. Um, But yeah, so Mercury was in its sign of dignity and uh or domicile and exaltation when it was in virgo even though libra is like such a nice sign and it's all about diplomacy and it's all about art and relationships and love and harmony and balance mercury this is a loss in dignity for mercury mercury does better in the signs of gemini and virgo so um it's not like a terrible placement for mercury in any way shape or form but um he's not quite as powerful here and when i say he again same sort of mercury is traditionally seen as a non-binary consciousness a nine non-binary planet so can go either way um, feel free to use any pronouns you like i'm just using he here for convenience so Mercury re-entering Libra. Now we've got three planets in Libra, both the sun, Venus, the ruler of Libra and Mercury. So the, the sun bringing, you know, passion, consciousness, and just like anchoring all of this Libra energy, Venus bringing a lot of love, beauty, artistic um, energy, deepening all of this around Libra. And then Mercury having our communications and our cognitive functions and things like that, our mental, mental activity, be. um, and and our tendencies in the way that we communicate to be much more diplomatic, much more um, other-oriented. So um, the Libra sector of our charts is popping, popping at this point in time with three personal planets traveling through here.
1: Okay. october 11th which
0: is a tuesday we have the sun trining saturn at 18 degrees libra and aquarius this is again a very stabilizing aspect and if we look here like i just said if we've got mercury venus the sun here like they're all in a sign-based trine with saturn and a sign-based trine with mars it's actually a grand trine here so even though mars is fixing to go retrograde you know um And this is a day on the 11th where you have like the sun exactly trining Saturn um, and that is significant. We're just generally sort of in uh, a lot of new ideas uh, that we have starting to move, but also there's like a larger process to them kind of being anchored. That said... The sun here trining Saturn on this day uh, could just be a day where something does take root that will have the ability to go the distance, specifically if this is happening on any particular hotspot of your chart. Like, for example, um, because the sun moves one degree a day, it moves so fast, but the sun is still really significant. For me, it's my time lord for the year. So this would be like an aspect that I'd be looking for, for, oh, maybe something like maybe a decision gets made this day or something kind of anchors or grounds in my life that is not just some sort of passing little sparkler on the top of a cake, but that like has um, staying power or has long, longer, longer term uh, ramifications. Also on this day, um, it's interesting though, because we have Mars squaring Neptune on the same day. So Mars at 23 degrees and 18 minutes, or it's, I don't know what, I didn't write down the exact time it happens. Um, So 23 degrees of Gemini and Neptune at 23 degrees of Pisces. There is still some aspect of us trying to get certain things done and maybe not fully being able like the energy may just get scattered or diffused or there may be um something that we feel like we can't put our finger on um especially in the gemini and pisces sector of sectors of our charts this is mutable energy it's changeable it's not like fixed and anchored so that could be um if i think about this like neptune and pisces feels very misty and watery but like like smoky, but misty, like wet. Mars and Gemini um, is air as well. So it's like not easy to grab onto. But Mars is still in this sign based trine with, you know, Saturn and the sun here, as we just discussed, the sun making an exact trine to Saturn. Mars is involved in that. I still feel like even though there's something a little nebulous here, maybe we don't, um, whatever action we take right now, doesn't or one of the actions we take right now because we may be doing a few different things or maybe there's a couple different steps in one particular process maybe one of those steps gels really well and the other one just doesn't take off or like doesn't go right but it's okay there we'll we'll move through this and um whatever mars is doing is still receiving support from the sun and saturn so um I do feel like it's a successful resolution. Um, Just to know though, whatever you're, if you're pushing really hard, really, really hard on something today um, with a great deal of zeal and passion, it may just like not be able to fully um, launch the way that you're looking for. Or maybe you just can't see something fully clearly here. It's energy that gets diffused or scattered. Okay. But again, just to reiterate, longer term support, there's other supportive aspects that are happening. So all is not lost and scattered or
1: diffused. Maybe just some of it.
0: It's also a a day where I would say, be careful like overdoing it if you're doing any substances. I mean, it's a Tuesday, but like, if you have addictive tendencies, Neptune often is involved there. Mars is like an action that you're taking Um, anything around water as well, you want to just water and substances, like you just want to take extra care, I would say on this day. Okay, October twelfth, which is a Wednesday. We have Mercury opposing Jupiter at one degree of Libra and Aries. So um, this is, again, an aspect that we've been through. The sun was opposing Jupiter. Then we had Venus opposing Jupiter at the beginning of the month. We've already had our full moon. This is just another one of those um, intensifications or highlights on the theme of me versus we me and what I want and what I feel like I might be like my beliefs that I might be blasting from the rooftop or my opinions or what I want to expand on. And then also how I'm going to communicate with my partner or find a balance with my partner. And more specific themes, again, are always going to be based on someone's chart. Like I can see more specifics if I know what houses in your chart does Jupiter rule? What houses in your chart does Mercury rule? What house in your chart is Aries and is Libra, right? So without any of that Information, we really can just look at sort of this general theme of looking for balance in communication. It can be a little overblown um, in an opposition. Maybe Mercury and Libra is like. Saying something that's really saying or doing something or thinking something that's really, really relationship oriented and it's getting out of balance or overblown by that Aries, Jupiter and Aries somehow. And there has to be um, we go too far in one direction and it can actually be the partnership direction too. we have to really take a look Um Inwardly, at what's happening specifically for us to to feel what's out of balance more than just think about it. And it'll all work itself out though. But yeah, a Mercury Jupiter opposition can sometimes be putting your foot in your mouth. (laughs) So, like, just being more mindful with words and communications to not overblow them or be overbearing in any way is nice on this day, but still, like, pretty harmonious. Okay. So Thursday, October 13th, we have Venus trining Saturn. So this is that aspect that the sun just made. So like, again, any planet moving through Libra is going to like make the same aspects to all these other planets. So where the sun trining Saturn was maybe some sort of like decision made um, regarding you know, your authority or your ability to shine in the world, um, Venus, Saturn aspects can have more, uh, staying power glue commitments. There can be commitments being made, um, around relationships in particular, or sometimes Venus representing art and also money. I mean, depending on which astrologer you talk to, Venus has money significations, but so does Mercury and so does Jupiter and, you know, um, So any of these themes really go, but I would say relationships, art, and finances, um, and beauty and aesthetic. There's some sort of stabilizing grounding um, aspect here that's like a commitment on some level that can go the distance. And specifically if Saturn or Venus um, are your time lord, either of those planets are your time lord that year, this year. Okay, now we are moving into the next week. The next major aspect we have is on, th- on Tuesday, um, October 18th, and this is Venus trine Mars uh, at 24 degrees Libra Gemini. And Venus, um, I love Nina Griffin also brought my attention to the fact that Venus is on the, the fixed star Spica, which is also known as being really, really just a benevolent star, um, bringing kind of just good good things um friendliness abundance and blessings very very generally so venus is also combust she's been combust for a while i actually haven't talked about this any planet that's very very close to the sun is um not visible if it's within eight and a half degrees of the sun you actually can't see it in the sky so that's considered an affliction for the planet um but there's a point where the planet gets exactly into the heart of the sun um, within like a, just a couple arc minutes where it's considered actually like an uplifting for the planet. But right now with Venus here, trine Mars, she's combust. So you can't really see her. The trine is a helpful aspect. Um, this like Venus and Mars um, in traditional astrology uh, get along very well. They do very well. It's like, you know, Um, they're lovers. And so there could be some kind of like fireworks happening, um, something gelling really beautifully between the Gemini and uh, Libra sectors of your chart, but there could be some sort of passion. And um, because sometimes passion and like sexy times in relationships don't have very much to do with the sort of friendship bond um, that you have with your partner. Like a lot of relationships have one or the other, but this is an aspect where you're gonna have both where you'll have the ability to get along and be in harmony with somebody. Hopefully, maybe it's a partner. Um, There's also like that Mars phallus life force virile energy in there with Venus being combust, you know, and invisible. Maybe it's like a little behind the scenes. This is maybe what one of um, some astrologers would say. I'm still like kind of watching these types of aspects play out. So I don't want to give that exact... um, prediction until I like experience it in my life. Um, But yes, Venus being combust um, is an affliction, but maybe it's just what I think, whatever. She's still in her place. She's in Libra. She's in her queendom. She's in a place of power, even if you can't see her. So maybe it's a little bit more of a private um, blessing that's happening, a private steamy, sexy time that's happening here. Um, But it's nice. It's really nice on this day. Okay, do you know what's interesting though? So, it is mixed because we have all these planets moving through Libra. They're all gonna try and Saturn. They're all gonna try Mars. They're all gonna oppose Jupiter. Mostly that's pretty good they will all eventually end with a square to Pluto, which is kind of like a power smackdown. It's a little bit of like, okay, well, you've got all this stuff going, it's brewing. And now we're going to just like give you a little test to check, to check your, your inner empowerment. <laughs> um, so the next day
1: here on
0: Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, October 19th, we have the sun and venus both squaring pluto at 26 libra and capricorn and mercury is opposing chiron at 13 libra aries this day so this day is a little bit more conflict and like i would even say you'd be feeling this on the day the days leading up to this aspect if it wasn't for the stabilizing harmonizing um, aspects from saturn and mars and to be quite honest with you I do think it's more likely that you're going to feel the chafing on the 19th, but I'm going to have to watch and see how this plays out. I think in September, the September forecast, um, there was the moon. I did something where like the moon was opposing Pluto and I felt that sooner than I thought I was going to. <laughs> so just watch for this couple of days here, October 18th, 19th. That I think more on the 19th is where we're getting like the exact, um, like both, any, either of these, just the sun opposing Pluto, you're going to get some sort of power play pop up. Venus opposing Pluto, the same thing. Both of these planets at the same time. Like I would imagine today could be tense. Um, or some sort of ouch energy and i hate to say that i don't want to be negative but this is just stuff that i've seen over and over again and it's passing it's fleeting so what it is what pluto does because pluto rules power um and death and rebirth it's the phoenix is it tests it tests your inner power like it's gonna something's gonna happen and um if you are leaking your power into somebody else or like you're getting your power through a certain relationship or a job or a situation or a circumstance, um, that maybe during under that Pluto transit, you won't get your need met or your expectation met. And that will feel very confronting and, it's a little bit of like a, yeah, but your, your power is inside you. It's not in that other person. It's not the relationship or whether that person is doing this for you or saying that to you or like, um, so this is an aspect where I always, this is such a Carolyn Mace kind of thing, but it's like, whose approval do you need and why? And it's like your own approval is the approval that you need. Um, And this isn't licensed to just walk all over somebody or bulldoze somebody, and I don't really see that as much as what's happening with all this Libra energy, but this can um, be confronting for the balance of power in a relationship. And it's a very short transit, but it is... an intense one because we have the sun and Venus both squaring Pluto on the same day. And then Mercury with Mercury opposing Chiron, the wounded healer, there's some sort, maybe you're discussing or having conversations or cognitive exchanges um, about the wounds that are coming up and how to heal and work through those. So it can, it certainly can be very constructive, but it often shows us with, and the thing is it shows us through experience where we are unconsciously leaking power. So we don't like realize that we've put our power into, you know, like I always think of the examples of being like a kid in school, you know, and like wanting the approval of the popular girl or the popular guy or like to fit in. You don't even like really consciously have that in the front of your mind most of the time, but it still hurts your feelings if they say something mean to you, Right. Um, so then you recognize that, oh, was there approval that I was wanting, or it was this thing that I was wanting and I'm using like, and, and I'm judging myself based on whether or not that's going according to what I had originally wanted. Right. So, um, it's helping us also to find our own approval within ourselves rather than taking the opinion of somebody else or the actions of somebody else and making that be the truth about us, if that's making sense. So at least this is some of the Pluto stuff that I've worked through in my larger, longer Pluto transits that I've been through. So like anybody that's had Pluto, like I've had, had Pluto square, a whole bunch of my planets in my chart starting in like 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17. So I know this type of aspect in a way that it can unfold over a period of years and like what kind of themes come up, right? So a lot of the time, what it does is it liberates you from a narrow or unconscious giving away of your power by just automatically accepting that somebody else's opinion or view of you or a situation is the truth um and that it happens by you not getting your way usually um and then having to like liberate yourself from that perspective entirely and it feels really good on the other side of it so but it's usually like it usually stings to go through um, so Conflict is um, much more easy to get into on this day, October 19th. And again, we're like nearing eclipse. the first eclipse is around the corner as well. So eclipses destabilize things um, within an, a week or two on either side of any eclipse. You're feeling a lot of stuff come up. Saturday, October 22nd is our next next aspect. We have Venus conjunct the sun, and this is that Kazemi that I mentioned earlier. So when a planet is next to the sun within eight and a half degrees on either side, it's afflicted because you can't see it, but when it's right in the heart of the sun, it's considered uplifted Um, and it's going through a purification process and a transformation and a renewal and like a re a reboot, basically an upgrade. So on this day is what we'd consider a Venus Kazemi, October 22nd. And um, really specifically, I didn't plot the hours out, but maybe I will do that and post about it. Um, And so this is just really nice. What it does is it amplifies Venus's power. <laughs> and Venus wants to love and she wants to harmonize. And this is happening at 29 degrees, the anoretic final degree of Libra, where Venus is very soon going to be like where she's going after this um, is into um, her place of fall, she'll be moving into Scorpio, she's got to go into the underworld. She's really not um, very well resourced to be herself and to do the things she wants to do when she's in the underworld. So this is almost like, um, a little bit of, I see this as like a boosting up before she goes on her next more challenging phase of (laughs) self-empowerment. So enjoy this October 22nd. What else do we have going on here?
1: Right. So the sun
0: and Venus, Venus is in her place of power here in Libra. The sun is actually, we're still being reminded in its place of fall, um, but they're both they're and they're both at 29 degrees so they're both going to be moving into Scorpio very very shortly we also have a few other things happening on this day Saturn is stationing <laughs> uh, sorry, Saturn is stationing stationing direct, right? So we do have a bunch of planets moving direct this month. Mercury goes direct, Saturn goes direct, uh, Pluto has gone direct. Um, And so Mercury-Saturn trines, um, actually, so Saturn is stationing direct and Mercury is trining this stationary Saturn at the same time. So all on this day, October 22nd, we've got venus getting amplified and purified and like totally kind of glorified in in the heart of the sun and so love and relationships and benevolence may really really be shining bright today before we go into a more intense journey uh, of empowerment over the next little while and then also on this day communications get a beautiful stabilizing effect so saturn is interesting if saturn is stationing if you have any planets around 18 degrees of the fixed signs, it's it can feel pretty uncomfortable for Saturn to station. So Saturn does rule adulting um, and like boundaries and limitations and reality checks. And so even though this is a harmonious aspect that Mercury is making to Saturn, Saturn just stationing in general, any planets that you have at 18 degrees, but especially of the fixed signs. So that's Aquarius, Taurus or Scorpio, and I've got planets, um, you know, around in, in late fixed, and I've really been feeling Saturn's presence on them, just kind of a little bit of like somberness or sobriety or gravity around like, okay, what are we doing now, we've spent a bunch of time like kind of making some plans, but we've been like chilling on it for a while, we haven't really been able to like fully move forward. Now is the time, like, we're kind of like, ooh, okay, we're getting ready to, like, make some moves. And sometimes those decisions can feel very intense. Um, maybe not always comfortable, even though this is mercury, mercurial decisions um, and contracts. I feel like contracts and, like, agreements and plans, like, you know, are initiated and, like, like decided upon or, like, forged Um, Mercury high-fiving Saturn. So Mercury, the planet of communication in, uh, Libra, the sign of relationships, harmony and partnerships and art high-fiving Saturn, the planet of structure and authority and adulting and responsibility, um, in the sign of Aquarius, which is all about the collective and the future. So anything around those themes, but some some big agreements can be, uh, that have, again, the ability to go the distance can be forged on this day, while also um, enjoying some good feelings from Venus in Libra here, before we have a major, major shift. Okay, Sunday, October 23rd. Venus and the sun both enter Scorpio. So Venus actually goes first. She enters at 1252 a.m. Pacific time, and she's followed by the sun at 336 a.m. Pacific. And so Scorpio season begins.
1: And I'm obsessed with my Snoopy and Woodstock witch mug. It's the little things in life, I swear. So we will return to our screen share. And let's look at Scorpio season. I forgot to pull up that. So here it is.
0: So Scorpio season, Scorpio is a water sign and water is about feelings and intuition. It is the most receptive element. And also, um, I think they say, I don't know if they really have one that's the most powerful, but it is the only element that can wear down stone. (laughs) So um, the difference between Scorpio and the other water uh, signs of Cancer and Pisces is that Scorpio is the fixed water sign. So they all have different qualities. And so fixed is, as you can imagine, more stable um it's fixed it just is what it is and they say still waters run deep so we have both the sun and venus entering scorpio so it's a like profound amplification, like initiation and amplification of Scorpio energy. A lot of the time we'll have one planet enter at a time. We're gonna have Mercury move through there. We're gonna have Venus move through there and the sun. Um, And often we'll have them all at once, but we don't always have to ingress um, or don't even usually have to ingress right at once like this. And so this year, it's actually October 23rd, early in the morning, this says October 22nd, but it's early in the morning, October 23rd, Pacific um, so some of these Scorpio keywords let's look at it the Scorpio archetype is the scorpion and the scorpion stings <laughs> actually haven't even really I feel like I need to revisit um, to revisit the symbol symbolism of, th- of the scorpion um, but ultimately, Scorpio does have a lot to do with the underworld and with death and rebirth. It's very, very, um, there's so much overlap between the archetype of Scorpio and the archetype of the planet Pluto. And I was initially trained as a modern astrologer with, with um, the new planets, with the modern planets, as with Pluto being the ruler of Scorpio. Which I now reject. <laughs> um, Pluto is a modern planet that I use. The ruler of Scorpio is traditionally Mars, and uh, this is something that when you when you look at the rulership um, scheme in the Thema Mundi, which is like an ancient um, piece of astrological wisdom, it's perfectly symmetrical. It just makes sense. Like we were like, I can't believe they, they, uh, modern astrologers displaced this. So even though we have Pluto as an archetype that has a lot of overlapping themes with the sign of Scorpio, the ruler of Scorpio is Mars. And so Mars again is the phallus and it is, um, life force energy, even though Scorpio is the underworld. <laughs> so we'll get into, it. this is a complex archetype. Um, Mars is also the warrior, but the difference between Aries Mars and Scorpio Mars is I always think of Aries Mars as being like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger that like charges onto the battlefield and is like, like acts first, thinks later. Um, very honest, very open, like just goes for it. Um, Scorpio Mars is like a sniper. It's laying back it's very strategic Scorpio is the nocturnal domicile of Mars and Mars actually belongs to the nocturnal sect in Hellenistic astrology so many astrologers, especially traditional astrologers. Consider uh, Scorpio to be an even stronger place for Mars but Mars is fixing to go retrograde um, in Scorpio season so this will be, November will be like even more intense. But anyway, I'm I'm getting a rabbit holy right now. So let's just anchor into some Scorpio keywords because with the sun and Venus here, this energy is now, we're in spooky season. So death, rebirth, transformation, inner power, empowerment, and just power in general, but inner power really specifically. Phoenix, intensity extremism depth the underworld what lies beneath the surface shadow
1: sacred darkness
0: mysticism merging feeling sensing desire sex sexuality sexy sexiness passion and kink persistence charm strength potency thrill penetration, consuming, instinct, impulse, intuition, enigma, the occult, perception, night vision, eagle vision, actually eagle as being one of the higher archetypes of like like highly evolved Scorpio that
1: soars above it all and sees everything but like rises above it all.
0: Um, So eagle vision, detection, focus, fixation, determination, strategy, discernment, secrets, the subconscious,
1: the psyche,
0: loyalty, resourcefulness, drive, magnetism, charisma, and mystery. So, some of the it's interesting it's like the light (laughs) the light words of the scorpio archetype scorpio in and of itself is the underworld right it's like the full spectrum of human experience um all of it all of the stuff that we don't typically talk about and that isn't like quote unquote nice you know it's like very opposite from the world of libra right where you're trying to fit in and just belong it's very wednesday adams um, so of course, some of these words that I put in the light category, like how can death be light? Um, but it's just such a it's such a core part of the Scorpio archetype, and um death is not always a bad thing. So shadow, let's talk about the shadow um words here. So trauma, loss, pain, darkness, powerlessness. Paranoia, mistrust, suspicion, manipulation, vindictiveness, spite, vengeance, resentment,
1: obsession, morbidity, lies,
0: cover-ups, scheming, possessiveness, mean controlling, compulsion, destruction, jealousy, being obstinate or fixed, Poison
1: and toxicity are also associated with the Scorpio archetype
0: toxins because of um, the scorpion. So these Scorpio I feel is one of the more complex archetypes to unpack. I have Jupiter in Scorpio in my natal chart and it's the only planet I don't have in um, fire or air and it's not connected to a lot of other planets in my chart so i'm still trying to tap it um but it's very um this is the part on the astrological wheel the stop on the wheel where the of the hero hero's journey where the hero is having to face some of its demons Um, but ultimately the way that i see this and you know many many others um have seen this is that without being confronted by, uh, like with the things that we fear, we never ever figure out how powerful we are ever. And so this is an initiation. So Scorpio keys, we have the sun and uh, Venus both moving into Scorpio on the same day, which is, sunday october 23rd scorpio season spooky season officially begins ruled by mars and gemini who um, is about to go retrograde <laughs> so i'm like what does that mean At scorpio season is going to be very extra intense because we also have the south node here and the south node is not a planet but it is a point in astrology that we use to um show us where there's a release happening and it's the south node entered scorpio on january 18th of this year 2022 and will be there for about 18 months so whatever we're trying to scorpio is already about release on some level like death and rebirth you know um and that journey of finding our power by being like stripped of what we thought our power was because we like had to lose that because we would never have let go of it if it wasn't taken from us. And then we had to like find our power within ourselves all along. It's Fairy Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. But the, sort of the South Node being here really amplifies that. And we're going to be having um, our first eclipse here in a few days. And this eclipse season here is on the Scorpio-Taurus axis. So let's take a look and see what we've got that is next. Here we go, the 25th. So Tuesday, October 25th at exactly 4 a.m. Pacific at exactly two degrees of Scorpio.
1: Let's just get that exact, just for fun. Yeah
0: yeah so we have a partial new moon solar eclipse in the sign of scorpio at two degrees so anybody that's got planets around two degrees of the fixed signs um are really going to be feeling this and venus is right in this eclipse i actually did not like i'm just going in kind of cold here i didn't do a whole breakdown on this eclipse or anything, Um, but look at this. Venus is just in here. Venus, like I said, um, she's in one of her places of least power here in the sign of Scorpio. It's one of the least fun places for her. She has the hardest time being a loving, abundant, artistic, harmonizing goddess in the underworld. So she is really experiencing some tests. And if you look at What part of your chart does Scorpio rule? What house? For me, it's the eighth house, um, which is actually what I'm looking at here. But for most of you, it won't be. This is a sector of your chart that's going to be undergoing some major transformation, um, you know, over the next year, but that, uh, and has already begun since January, but like that's getting a real intense activation at catalyzing some of this transformation now so and also you want to look at like you know the houses that the house that um venus rules because she's in there and there may be some themes tied in there as well but new moon solar eclipses are um new beginnings is what i was traditionally taught they are but this is a south node eclipse this is a big release like i i don't know if there's there's no way to have a new beginning without releasing something so it is a new seed being planted in the scorpio sector of your chart and venus is right in there but it's a ch- perhaps a challenging new seed being planted there and there may have to be something that's got to go um or some major shifting um that we're not expecting and the next like i said eclipses always come in pairs the next eclipse is on november 8th and in my um in one of my Patreon weekly moon casts, I do a more intuitive check-in as well, and I got, I pulled cards for that eclipse that's coming in November as um, one to really pay attention to, and that one is conjunct Uranus, so I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's just that whatever is starting here um, and releasing here, there's another chapter or another phase of it that'll be two weeks later and may have some really intense surprises and curveballs that we are not necessarily expecting so just eclipse season is a time to trust and really link into the divine as hard as you can whatever that you know and, and well as hard as you can and to soften and allow whatever recalibrations are happening and trust that they are part of the highest divine order of love and it's the more that you ask um, this is what I believe. The more I ask for everything to be reorganized in the highest divine order of love, the better that things work for me. Um, we are being guided through this. Let me look and see what else is going on here. So, this is a challenging new beginning for Venus like really challenging she's not very powerful here um, but there are new seeds being planted here in the in the Scorpio sector of your chart but not without having to let go of something that may be particularly challenging to let go of um, there's some help coming because we can see here that Jupiter even though it hasn't retrograded back into Pisces yet will actually be doing that like oh my gosh in just a couple days so it's within a trine, it's out of sign right now, but there's going to be some support um, and maybe spiritual, emotional support that, that comes in. Um, but yeah, um, so what else is happening here? Scorpio, it's in a sign-based square like this, but it's not too tight. I'm just looking at some of the other planets around here to make sure I don't miss something and then kick myself later for it. It's in like an in conjunct with Jupiter. I mean, I'm just, I don't really know what to say about that. Like there are adjustments that need to be made. I don't feel like me saying that actually adds anything to what I just said, but look at the Scorpio sector of your chart and um, and also look at the Taurus sector of your chart because these are part of an axis that's being, um, you know, like one side doesn't have move without the other. So. There'll be like a big new, like I said, another uh, phase of whatever is happening in two weeks that um, will kind of complete what's beginning here or not complete, but rather like um, add to what is begun here. And there are, I believe, some curveballs and surprises happening that we don't see coming. So... Be, this is an amazing time for shadow work. Scorpio season always is, but not every Scorpio season has eclipses. Like, you know, it's just, so this is, it's extra, it's extra shadow work. And, um, shadow work is just calling up unconditional love for,
1: all parts of ourselves this
0: is what scorpio does it acquaints us with a lot of stuff we'd rather not look at what we have to if we want to be complete if we i years ago struggled so so much with anxiety and like all of these existential questions
1: and i remember like why can't god just make everything be nice
0: why does relativity have to exist um mm-hmm. And then I realized how much more it means when we get to choose love. Like when someone chooses us, how much more does that mean than if they never chose us, that if it just was already chosen for us that they were gonna love us? Would it even mean the same thing? And how much more does it mean for you when you make a powerful choice to love, even when it's difficult? So that really shifted things around for me. And there are similar concepts that I'm reading about actually right now in this book, The Power of Kabbalah, Kabbalah. I'm so bad, I don't know how to pronounce things properly, that was recommended to me um, by an amazing friend, and I'm halfway through, but um, recommended if you're interested in um, a new perspective on the whole contrast and dark and light and why we have to go through these initiations. It's been discussed ad nauseum in the new age community about shadow work and light work and uh, actually another book i'm reading right now that is also knocking my socks off is waking up to the dark by Clark strand and it's called The Black Madonna's Gospel for an Age of Extinction and Collapse, so it sounds very dark. We haven't even gotten into anything about Mother Mary right now. On page 42, my mind is just blown. All of the powerful things they're saying about the sacredness and the divinity that is within the dark is so comforting and so amazing. And anyway, if you need any sort of resources um, to help you kind of wrap your head around some of the challenging feelings that sometimes come up with shadow work. These are just two books that I'm really enjoying right now. Um, That's Waking Up to the Dark by Clark Strand and The Power of the Kabbalah by Rav Berg. So um, highly recommended for Scorpio season, but an amazing time for shadow work. If you have the resources to be in therapy, amazing. If not, you know, and somatic therapy as well. find things practices people it's going to look different for everyone not everyone works out every day not everyone is in therapy not everyone is interested in all those types of deep dives um, if you're on my channel you probably are um but i know a lot of friends that i have in my life that aren't into any of this and calling a friend is always such an amazing number one remedy as well so uh, whatever it is that you need to do for you during this period of time. And it's not gonna last forever. I mean, we have Scorpio season every year. So um, I don't mean to like make this apocalyptic sounding, but sometimes I, uh, things things are probably gonna come up um, and we will get through them. So find your practices that, find the practices that help you find your power during this time, okay, Wednesday, oh, I need to move it back to the days, Wednesday, October 26th, Mercury trine Mars, this is kind of a nice aspect, um, and that's at 26 degrees of Libra and um, Gemini, and it says 25 on here, that's just because of it, move
1: it forward a few hours at all, Nope, okay, maybe not. Maybe I just
0: wrote that down wrong. I just read it wrong. So it's 25 25 Libra uh, Gemini. So that's nice. That's kind of like communications and actions that want to be taken and, and collaborate together, like have some go. However, Mars will be moving backwards very shortly. So it's almost like there may be like an initial thing that, you, that that pops here that's nice or an agreement or you like take some kind of action. And then, and it's a good action, like it's good, but it's just going to have a longer process to, to really take off. And that is in the Libra and Gemini sectors of your chart. Moving on to Thursday, October 27th. Woo, okay. This is a big day because Jupiter re-enters Pisces. Let's see that. There we go. So um, the last time we had Jupiter in Pisces was May 9th, slash maybe the early hours of May 10th and it's a great transit jupiter re-enters its place of power it's not as ideal as it was earlier because now it's getting a sign-based square from mars (laughs) so like i had elected a friends a lot of a lot of astrologers elected weddings for when jupiter was in pisces and the only part of that journey that was really available for a good wedding election was earlier in the spring because now we've got like Mars in here kind of sign-based squaring Jupiter but it's still Jupiter in Pisces and if we look we have Neptune here in Pisces as well and as soon as Jupiter re-enters it's like within you know five six degrees of Neptune so it's kind of in a conjunction with Neptune again so Jupiter benevolent expansive love spirit belief um the other realms the higher realms um in this actually in the sign of pisces but jupiter wants to expand explore and bring bring goodwill and grace and blessings wherever it goes it's in its um sign of max one of its signs of max maximum power it's nocturnal domicile in the sign of pisces which is the higher realms of art spirit oneness and the divine neptune has a lot of those significations as well so um and neptune's been in pisces for like ever i mean well over a decade i can't remember exactly when it entered but um it was a long time ago so what happens is jupiter is more powerful but it's also expanding all of these piscean and neptunian energies which is art creativity oneness anything to do with the higher realms anything that has to do with water um, and the ocean and, um, doesn't necessarily have to do with, uh, like structures or finite things that you can quantify. (laughs) So for me, when I had Jupiter in Pisces, I was doing meditation for an hour or 75 minutes a night. I didn't plan it this way. This is literally like when you just watch the astrology, you're like, oh yeah, that's exactly what's happening right now. Meditating 75 minutes a night and doing an hour rosary practice every night. And I was also alone in a cottage in the middle of nowhere with my cat. And this is all happening in my 12th house of spirit and exile. Like it's just, it's so good. It's so good. So um, anyhow, just look out for expansion in the Pisces sector of your chart. Now this is where the Scorpio planets in the Scorpio sector of your chart are starting to get some help. Jupiter is making, um, even though it's like way out of orb, it's like a sign based high five. So there's help coming and it's help coming from the higher realms. It's help like the Pisces, Neptune, they soften all those hard edges and the the shadow side of this, is they can make edges hard to see at all. And sometimes you need edges and boundaries, but this is the trine. It's a helpful aspect. So, um, this sort of spirituality, this unconditional love, this, this, um, amplification of like emotional energy and compassion, Compassion. I should have said that word like five minutes ago. Compassion is a big um, word for Jupiter. It's a big word for Pisces. And it's a big word for Neptune as well. So compassion for self, others and everything. And this could be an extremely emotional time, but it's like a time of softening the heart, which is what we need to soften to work through some of the changes that we're going through right now. So that's Jupiter ingressing back into Pisces, um, where it will be until like the end of the year. I didn't write the dates down. I should have written the dates down. It's like December something when it will go back into Aries. So we have this back bunch of the year um, with just completing whatever expansion is happening in the Pisces
1: sector of your chart. And this is going to be helping you move through the Scorpio times
0: here on October 28th, we're still on October 28th, there's uh, Mercury squares Pluto on the same day that Jupiter moves back into Pisces, and that again is, um, that's that same power struggle aspect that we had the Sun and Venus square Pluto at the same time, and that was on the 22nd october so now we're just having that same energy but it's mercury instead of the sun and venus so there may be some kind of final um just extra layer of whatever happened um, on the 22nd like popping up again today to be worked through um mercury is much more about communication so it could be clearer like sharper words that are clear, like a clearer conflict or something not just around people's desires and love and identity, but it's like, we said something or, um, you know, um, expressed something or thought something or communicated something that was checked with like, um, how yeah had some sort of, had some sort of checkpoint against power, an external power figure, or like um, helping us check our, not helping us, but checking our power. And it's a very brief transit, so, um, and it stings a little, but we can move through it with grace. And so, um, for this, you'll find, you'll find your way through it. You'll find your way to deal with it. It's just showing us where there may be, um, an imbalance of power or a power play, uh, that we are going to work
1: through or move through. So the next day.
0: Mercury ingresses into Scorpio. That's so amazing. Hang on. No, no, no.
1: Yeah, the 29th. It's
0: not even right. It is. Mercury is flying. It's going so fast. Sometimes it covers like two degrees a day. So October 29th, which is a Saturday, um, even though what you're looking at right now here, it has, did I write the time down? Yeah, 1222 p.m. Okay. Let's just get there. Okay. So um, we've got, yeah, Mercury is moving very fast right now. So communications are lubricated, but Mercury's, you know, there's no real, Mercury is not like in a particularly powerful place in Scorpio either though now we've got the sun Venus and Mercury in the south node in Scorpio so the Scorpio energy is amplified ramped up again and again remember we've got Jupiter in Pisces soft compassionate watery spiritual artistic dreamy Pisces kind of conjunct Neptune amplifying all of that um, and training training this energy so helping it and this is um, yeah, it's emotional, it's more emotional and spiritual than it is concerned with just what's, you know, physically happening in the world. So the, the Scorpio themes get amplified and maybe some of our communications become more Scorpionic, not just the way we love or where our consciousness is, but the way that we're communicating. So um, to bring up some of these keywords here as well for Scorpio, if you apply Mercury to them, This may be like less words (laughs) or or very strategic words or um, thinking very, very well before you speak, Um, speaking with potency and intensity and. um, Yeah, and and it's not Mercury is not just speaking, Mercury is thinking, so this brings the um, thought processes and just the mental energy more into the scorpionic realm and also because mercury rules communications communication is not always verbal um, in the water signs it tends not to be so there's a lot that gets communicated through gaze through the eyes through body language um just someone's energy there's a potency to scorpio like it's palpable
1: so just a lot of that energy is like magnified right now let's see what else we've got here
0: and then the very next day on october 30th mars stations retrograde at 25 degrees january gemini until january 12th of 2023 and mars will be in gemini until march 25th of 2023 so is a long time. I think the entire uh, duration of Mars in Gemini is about seven months and five days. So it's a long, long process. So whatever is going on in the Gemini house of your chart has to be revised. It's gotta be reviewed and revised. And so Mars represents our life force energy and our direction and our drive And our ambition and our agenda, and the things we're and the actions we're taking all the time, like um, our potency as well. And it's Scorpio season, and Mars is the ruler of Scorpio season. So there can be additional frustrations here. And this is also just hearkening back to what I was saying about shadow work, which is like already relevant. Now it's like there may be some shadow work that we're doing that really takes us into past or ancestry, or it could be anything, but just past things. So the last time Mars was retrograde, it was in, I think, it was like summer, maybe summer or fall of 2020. It was in Aries. I hated it because it was just steamrolling all my planets and it is my ruling planet. So this is a very different energy, but you know, whatever is going on in the Scorpio sector of our chart is answering to this Mars retrograde in Gemini. So, um, we do need to go back in order to go forward, and it's quite a process. It's like a several month long process. So, we will actually still be moving backward until January 12th. And then when we move forward, we're still in Gemini, like still recovering all of that terrain, but at least it's go time. So, Look at the Gemini sector of your chart. Gemini often does, it's ruled by Mercury. It often has communications, um, significations, learning different skills. It's very mental, it's about thinking and speaking and traveling too, but like more short local trips. It's very social. So, um, Mars retrograde in Gemini, I feel like has more potential for conflict with other people, especially in your local environment, but it really depends on your own individual natal chart. What I will say about Mars retrograde is like, I might even do a a workshop on it. Um, Mars retrogrades for some people, they feel like as if they have less energy, um, because the planet that represents life force energy and virility is literally moving backwards some people just feel very frustrated
1: Um,
0: and it could be any or both of those Um, anger often arises because mars wants to go it wants to go and when it can't go it gets pissed um so i am very intimately familiar with this type of energy i was born with mars retrograde um and mars rules my chart so um i just i just really know it and they say, when you natally have a planet retrograde, when it goes retrograde in life, it doesn't, it's usually easier for you. I'm like, it hasn't been for me. Whenever Mars goes retrograde, I usually ha- uh, have an intensification of feelings of frustration and my energy feels off. So I don't wanna project that onto anybody, but just saying that um, if that is happening, if you experience anything like this, and it will really depend on your own natal chart, but if you do, um, It's a divine realignment because all of it is it always is so these are just the currents that are directing us to if you have to trust where we're being guided to. And there's something being recalibrated we've got to go back and get something in order before we can go forward on the highest path, because if we just went forward now we might be missing out on some very important things or something wouldn't be ready or baked yet. So we have to trust. Now, if you have planets at around 25 degrees of Gemini, 25 degrees of the air signs, um, but especially 25 degrees of any of the mutable signs, so Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, or Pisces, this um, might, might mess with you more. Um, mess with you as in like you'll be it's on a sensitive louder it's louder for you it's you might be more sensitive to this station so if feelings of anger or frustration come up during this mars retrograde at any point at any point and you've got some time right we've got like basically halloween through january 12th so all of november all of december the ruler of you know, um, this past eclipse and then the next eclipse that's going to happen is like going backwards, um, pay attention to the anger. This is, um, this is my, some of the work that I've done around this past Mars retrograde. Anger is always telling us something. It's showing us where we have a boundary that is being breached. So anger is not bad. It's actually a healthy response where it's showing us that there's something we're not okay with. And if we're exhausted, it's also showing us where we're run down and where we're out of balance. And this retrograde is an opportunity to bring ourselves back into balance, but it is a process. And so we may be like looking at the anger that comes up either with ourselves or other people and being like, ooh, that is there. Okay. How can I honor that? It doesn't mean I have to agree with it. It doesn't mean I have to like it. But how can I honor it, and um, and it doesn't mean instantly acting on it either. Um, Gemini Mars and Gemini might be like pulled in many directions with its actions. It may be like acting out in a lot of different ways, um, or maybe trying to act out in different ways, and like it keeps getting like f- you know thwarted or like nothing is going according to plan. Um, That's okay too. I think it's just respond, choosing to respond instead of react. So I I don't want to get too much more into this. I should really just do a workshop on Mars retrograde because it's very, um, it's going to be, I think, sort of intense for a lot of us. Um, But this period of around Halloween where we're feeling this Mars is stationing, remember we said when a planet stations, it isn't moving, things are intensified. So, um, around, if you're at Halloween parties and stuff like that, remember that the the days leading up to this Mars is basically stationed as well, even though it officially stations on October 30th. So, um, and it's in a square with Jupiter here too, which can overblow it. It can like amplify it like Jupiter and Pisces which is also not particularly grounded energy can just be make it confused and not know how to act. Right. Or like have it just be overdoing something or acting too much. So I feel like Halloween parties, there could be like more uh, conflict that could arise around this weekend. There could be more substance problems with substance or people overdoing substances and taking wrong actions. Be careful. Do not drink and drive. Do not do any substances and drive your car. If you're out this weekend. Don't do it. And if you're out traveling, be a def- drive defensively, for God's sakes. Because um, Gemini rules, um, you know, cars and driving around and being out and around. And Mars also kind of has that signification of cars and going, going places. So just be careful. Just be mindful. Now it doesn't mean that everything bad's going to happen or anything. Um, a great way to work with this energy is just to watch what comes up. And to breathe through it and be like, okay, this is here. Like, how would be like the most wise place to respond to this? And maybe it's not even to respond yet. Be the Scorpio. Be the Scorpio that um, feels all the feelings and has some strategy and discernment. Is Has the inner power and strength to sit with it and hold those cards close to the vest and strategically respond in the right time with wisdom from a place of inner power so or just conserving your energy right so you're not just draining draining yourself um Mm -hmm. knowing asking like asking um the divine and asking yourself um what is the best use of your energy what is the wisest use of your energy this time. And also have a great time if you're doing Halloween stuff. I have plans. <laughs> um, this could be very spooky and it can be wonderful, but just this is a time where there's more possibility or um, that suggests that there's more possibility for recklessness that could be challenging. So just taking care would be a really, really nice thing to do. And i do want to say a very happy halloween and i blew through happy canadian thanksgiving i totally blew through that too that's the second sunday in october which is the full moon so happy thanksgiving canadians i love you so much and um and happy halloween happy saween i'll probably be doing something for that have some sort of offering for that as well Um, so that's it for the monthly forecast and I'm just going to accept that these are long, so if you want shorter ones, you can hop on my Patreon for as little as $8 a month, or you can pay more if that's easy for you to do and you would like to do that. Um, Otherwise, yeah, just enjoy this free offering, and I'm going to close out with a prayer. To force of infinite
1: love, infinite grace, infinite wisdom. And infinite growth and expansion. Thank you so much for being with us and blessing this reading. Thank you so much for blessing each person that these words are falling on, blessing their lives and everyone connected to them, bless this whole world. We ask that all blessings received here be shared with everyone, all beings everywhere. We ask for
0: we invite
1: the heart of God, the heart of the divine, our higher selves, our future selves, our best selves. We invite all of the angels to assist us with the highest benevolent outcomes, the highest benevolent recalibrations and organizations of our lives and the lives of all beings, especially those we love the most and those we know who need it. We ask you to know, help us, assist us, just be the best that we can be and um, move with grace and love through this period and enjoy, the magic of the dark and of the spooky season and recognizing that all transits are divine, all weather is divine, and helping us to remember the possibility, our own power within it all, and the power of the force of love, the power of the divine within it all to help us, because every moment is a portal. In deep gratitude and full faith, One of these days I'll remember to full screen my face before I do that prayer. Oh man.